Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably one of the most entertaining marketing podcasts you're going to put in your ear. I'm Kevin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of the podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges facing the market, and maybe we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Vitaly Pachersky joins Vincent and AJ to chat about his adventures in the ad tech world as COO and co-founder of Stack Adapt. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessa. It is so good to be talking to you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us as always, and thank you for coming up to me. It's conference season. And people are coming up to me and loving it. They're like, wait a minute, I listen to you all the time. Is AJ really that funny in real life? I'm like, he is not. It is a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's scripted. I'm usually writing the script. But before we start, let's talk about Strista for just a moment. B2B marketing company, tech, marketing technology, B2B data, B2C data. We help companies utilize that data through our ESP, we help with a variety of different solutions. Email me, vincent at starista.com. I'm here to help. And boy, are you using that email address? I'm getting a lot of emails, not always for what I put it out there for, but thank you for using it. And let's get to that person I was referring to, ladies and gentlemen. He is funny in real life. He's just quiet about it. My co-host, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Uh, yeah, I was not going to go in the humor channel here, but uh, I think everybody knows I'm naturally funny person. So it should be no surprise to our viewers. It is no surprise. They ask it all the time. But ladies and gentlemen, we have an amazing guest from an awesome company that I want you, the listeners to learn Stack Adapt. Have you heard of them? Well, you will during this podcast. They're an awesome organization. We have the co-founder, the COO, Vitaly Pachirsky. What's going on, Vitaly? Thanks for having me, guys. Really excited to spend the next uh, little while chatting. Vitaly, let's get right into it. Talk to us about Stack Adapt. Tell the audience what it is and your role within the organization. Yeah, so Stack Adapt, uh, so uh, what, what you said is exactly right. So I was uh, one of the co-founders of the company. We started um, just over nine years ago. So myself, I, I studied finance in university. And um, when I graduated, I was actively looking for a job in investment banking. And somehow I ended up in, I think it was eight person ad tech startup that did Facebook advertising through their ads API. And that was entirely random. And somehow I got sucked into the ad tech technology world and sort of never left. <laughs> but for me, I just uh, always found it, find it absolutely fascinating. Just um, seeing how the whole commerce across the internet functions and advertising is just such a great view into into the way the internet operates and so when we started the company for us we saw firsthand just the obvious challenges within programmatic advertising industry that a lot of software that was uh, built on the market was not following a lot of the fundamental principles of what i think made a lot of software really successful in other areas of the market and to us, importantly, that was 
great user experience. So we've always wanted to build a very intuitive, fast product. We always wanted to focus on being a solution that it's not really just a tool where you can essentially decide what you want to do and you operationalize it. For us, we always wanted to think of how can we impact the business of our customers? And advertising just happens to be a channel of where we start. And the third one is just automation. Automation and AI, we've talked about this for, well, pretty much since the beginning, uh, nine years ago. And it is just incredible how much relevant this topic has become every year. And in 2023, it's just, it feels that, okay, nine years later, we're finally at the, at the time when everybody has interacted with AI tools. And sort of what we do, in my view, is a lot more understood by just a, uh, an average marketer. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, definitely very cool. And, you know, we'll get to the reasoning behind starting Stack Adapt in a moment, but people love this question. Like, how'd you get started just in marketing in general? So yeah, like I said, um, my my uh, my very first job in digital advertising was random because to get that first job out of university, I went into people's offices, literally knocked on the door, just went in and just could I talk to somebody who's <laughs> from HR department? I I would hand out my resumes in elevators, um, and that was like when I moved. To Toronto. So, and surprisingly, that strategy worked really well. I had a job in three weeks and I I saw a job posting online, went in, said, can I talk to the CEO? <laughs> and sort of two days later, I had the job. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I sort of took, took an approach of just um, letting the universe kind of guide me. And uh, so far it's, uh, you know, brought me to interesting places, but I think I was not picky at that time. I just really need, needed to, to get a job, my first job out of school. And it just happens to be in in an area that blew up in a big way. And I just, you know, was lucky enough that I was fairly early on in, in the evolution of the technology landscape and it opened up so many new opportunities for myself. So you got to have a bit of luck with anything. <laughs> you know, you can manufacture a lot a luck through hard work, but there is a bit a bit of luck that you need to just believe that will come your way all throughout all throughout your journey. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the uh, name Stack Adapt. Oh, so Stack Adapt is uh, as a name. This was um, first proposed by my co-founder Yang. Uh, he's uh, our CTO, and he's a uh, I would say he's an idea mach machine. So he proposed that that name. And the very first logo was. Literally, he typed it. It was just a font. <laughs> I I think it was like not Roboto, but I think Railway or something like that. And he just underscored ad. That was our first logo for the first like three years of our existence because we were very much bootstrappers, and our first logo was just a font. <laughs> and then we, you know, then we can afford a, making a proper logo after. And can I relate it to that when you were first building and growing the business? What were some of the challenges that you had not expected? So many challenges. <laughs> you know, all things considered, you know, zoomed out. I think we had a you know pretty successful run at it. Uh, you know, grown to you know a team of more than a thousand people in nine years, have people in 10 countries, have you know, I think we've built up a pretty good brand, but you know, zoomed in 
every year we had so many, so many challenges. And I think in the beginning, the biggest challenge is, is, is the fact that uh, we had no credibility. Mm, we, it was for all intents and purposes, our very first mm, company that we tried to start that gained any material traction. So earning that credibility with investors, with, um, with people that would try to uh, hire, that's really difficult. And obviously, all of that sort of naturally went away by virtue of building a successful business. But in the beginning, you know, we started the company when I was in my mid 20s. You know, when investors, you know, for example, spoke to us, in general, the response was, well, why you? You know, there's a lot more people with a lot more experience. Why, why is this team? And in all honesty, if I look back, from from the out from the outside looking in, it's it's tough to know sort of what will make a company successful, right? Inside, you know, okay, we're we're we know the industry inside out. We know what customer wants, and we have a great relationship between co-founders. That's something it's really hard to measure from somebody from the outside, and we're just committed for this. You know, basically, failure is not an option. We want to do this until it we make it work. And that's also something that's really hard for for somebody outside looking in to know your motivations. So we inside between us, we knew that we want to build this into 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 a into a big company. But uh, for everybody outside, it's you know it was unproven yet. So that that's to me one of the big challenges that we faced in the beginning. What about you, AJ? Is that uh, is that at all relevant to what you uh, dealt with in the beginning? Yeah, so much like you guys, we were also bootstrapped. So a lot of kind of, and uh, I'd never really, uh, just a couple of years out of grad school. So a lot of it was just uh, learning. And also, uh, I guess it was good. I didn't have children and stuff. So I was able to take more risks at that point and uh, just uh, learned how to build a profitable company without having to take too much funding early on, which helped us later down the road when we did need to raise uh, more substantial uh, rounds. Your, uh, do you think average tolerance for risk goes up with age or, uh, or down? Do you think uh, it would be harder if you had kids when you started? I think if I had to uh, do it again now with children and where I'm in life, it would be much tougher. So I think I uh, did it at a good time where I was more adventurous than I would be today. Just the thought of uh, starting again with uh, and working 16 hour, 17 hour days. I think you need to you need to also have that level of naivete and optimism and maybe exactly. Yeah. And and I definitely had a lot of that. I think you you have to be in some ways, naive and optimistic. And looking back, I thought would be where we are way sooner. <laughs> and if you didn't believe that, maybe it would would not start it, right? You have to believe it's possible. Otherwise, you know, I think that all starts with truly be- believing that it's possible. Yeah, that that's a great point. And I think uh, one of the things I always tell my salespeople is uh, oftentimes they'll say, hey, uh, we we don't know as many people as you do. And I think uh, a lot of them don't realize I literally did not know anyone in the industry when I started the company. It was just purely from cold outreaches and going to conferences and networking. So uh, that that's where I think that uh, optimism comes into play. Looking back, I was like, wow, 
really uh, took a deep dive without uh, actually having any contacts uh, in the industry. Yeah. It's important to maintain that optimism too, which is, uh, you know, after many, many years, you, <laughs> you sort of have to put a lot of things aside and that didn't work and still maintain that level of optimism because uh, without it, it's just hard to carry on. Yeah. yeah and, and I could vouch for AJ when he did not really know anyone back in is it 13, 14 years ago, 15. Now, uh, now people know and it's great. And it was all that hard work. I love when we get two co-founders uh, you know, founders of, of emerging companies on and uh, the ideas start flowing. This is great, gentlemen. Vitaly, staying uh, on you and your, you know, fellow founders there, did, tell us how you guys got the idea for Stack Adapt. Was it born out of like sheer ingenuity or were each of you facing this problem in the industry that you were trying to solve? Yeah, so so it started with a fairly obvious what I said, mentioned earlier, sort of principles that we saw that not many other companies sort of think about it. So those principles, they, 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 they remained constant in, in these nine plus years. Um, but there's so much that, that has changed. <laughs> and it's a lot of the times looking back, it just, you know, it, well, if you look at the company now, it, it sort of feels as if we sort of fully intent. You know, engineer it the way that it operates now, but it's it's not it's not true because a lot of these sort of new new discoveries or new paths that we took as a company they were a byproduct of us um, both inventing things, responding to market, responding to unexpected events. Uh, when we started the company, we we focused specifically on native advertising as just a clear way for us to get in the market. Um, you know, I don't think at that point would ever we even ever thought about. The fact that there's going to be such channels like, such as connected TV, for example, nobody nobody imagined that we could run a fully virtual company, you know, a thousand people without any offices. That that would be almost uh, you know, it would be a shocking thing to hear back then, to me at least. And and sort of our ability to oper- uh, to take these um, to take advantage of new opportunities. Uh, it sort of allowed us to get to where we are now, but so much of it is so much bigger and so much more complex than I imagined in the beginning. But I think the core operating principles of the value of our companies, they that stayed the same. Um, and it's amazing. So I have a document that I pulled up that we, we wrote in 2017. So more than six years ago, six and a half years ago. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, we're the same company. Like we still think the same way. We still have the same values. And that that is cool. Uh, obviously, what we do has changed, but uh, the DNA of our company has stayed the same, and that's there's something cool about that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And and in your so you're a COO there, you're also responsible for growth, and primarily focused on growth. So, what advice do you have for marketers, for other C level executives on how to achieve that growth? Yeah, I think for me, what what has always been a helpful way to think about my role in the company is sort of separate myself from um, maybe functional leadership, where you know there's some teams that directly report to me, or versus understanding that my job is much bigger than that. My job is to make the company successful, right? And that sort of forces me naturally to interact with a lot more teams that 
don't directly report to me. But at the end of the day, the company is just a collective of people that comes together to solve problems. So as an executive or as you sort of at a leadership level, you need to be really great at connecting dots across the organization and focusing on marketing specifically. In my view, the, the big opportunity is really peeling back sort of where marketing maybe ends and some other air functions within the company begin. So at the end of the day, marketers are responsible for impacting customer growth or customer retention. That needs to be sort of brought back almost to the to the conversation with CFO. As a mark, if a marketer can have a conversation with a CFO and really understand how their work impacts the work of a CFO, in my view, that is a very um, that is a very strong marketing team because they're they're operating around fundamentals for what what it takes to operate a company. Um, with marketing, you're inherently dealing with a lot of software metrics or like proxy metrics. You, of course, you need to rely on sometimes things that maybe don't directly tie to you know profit and loss for your company. Sometimes you do have to think about in the context of impressions and reach and and clicks and how many people visited. But it needs to be just one data point. I think the other it just needs to be one of the data points through which you look at the at the impact of a marketing function on a business and and so the the closer you can put it push it back to you know financial planning and analysis team the 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 financial level of conversations the the, the more effective marketing would be in my view are there things that you miss today that you used to do in the early days that you're not able to do because of lack of time Lots of things um, because I, I'm very passionate about business and, you know, having gone from, you know, from essentially being involved in every single operation every single day, you know, at some point, believe it or not, like I was doing some design work for our company. I'm really glad that is not the case. You know, finance, the finance was under, you know, I ran finance for the first, like, I think year and a half. I'm really glad that's not the case anymore. So, but at the same time, so I'm I'm sort of coming from a an inter, like as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you, you you derive pleasure from sort of understanding how it all kind of comes together into into a final product. So, in this, the nature of that is that you you have to look for those minute details around how you know the devil is in detail around a lot of the times. So that and that's something that that's really hard to do when there's just the company is so big and there's so much happening. So I just have to use more of a um, approach where, um, you know, maybe I I focus on one team for example for a month, and then I move on to the next one and next one. And but um, I do like to be sort of in the trenches. I like rolling up my sleeves and actually being actively in the business uh, because it helps me understand how the company operates and and contribute that way. I love meeting with customers, which I don't unfortunately spend as much time anymore. Um, that's an area that I could, you know, I always liked. And uh, do you see yourself uh, obviously as a DSP, but is there a, a bigger, more overarching team that uh, Stack Adapt identifies itself with? 
So, so demand side platform, we don't explicitly call ourselves that. We don't like calling ourselves that because it sort of pigeonholes us in thinking that we're essentially like a switchboard for audience inventory. Um, we call ourselves demand side platform because we, in the context of G2, because we're ranked number one. So we just proudly say we're ranked number one demand side platform. But, but internally, we, we really think of ourselves as just a, a technology company that's whose task is to help our customers grow. And sort of that forces us to think bigger than a demand side platform. Um, and a lot of a lot of decisions that we make on, a, for example, product uh, product end could be perceived as surprising if you if you think of, oh, stack it up to the DSP and they're like, whoa, why are you, why are they going and building this thing? But if you if you just accept that we're we're a platform that whose whose purpose is is essentially enabling growth of our uh, of our clients, then you can very logically extrapolate why certain product decisions were made. Um, I think it gives us a lot more creativity to to uh, uh, with respect to where we want to innovate and what we want to build, if we don't just put a label on us and say like, "Oh, we're the massive platform," we have to do it in a very in a certain way that what everybody else has done before us. We really try to just be the best version of Stack Adapt. Sometimes that means making maybe unconventional decisions around what we want to build or directions we want to pursue. But um, you know, yeah, rules are meant to be broken, so we just uh, try to listen a lot to our customers listen to our team and just stay focused on what made us strong so far. And Vitaly, talk to us about, you know, I, I love that and, and kind of not viewing yourselves as one way, constantly innovating. What's coming up in 2024 for Stack It Up? Anything new, any new announcements, products? So without uh, risking jumping the gun and revealing too much, um, I, I will just say that our R&D team has seen no slowdown, if only acceleration in the way we, we're ramping up our engineering, data science, product teams. And so, so the roadmap this year was an order of magnitude more ambitious than any year that we've seen before. And I think that trend, we want that trend to only accelerate. So I would say 2024, I'm, I'm expecting some uh, pretty bold moves and um with respect to the product. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I hope you'll see it in the news, <laughs> but generally it's, um, you know, it, you know, a lot of areas, so maybe that would fit into more, um, maybe unexpected areas. If you were to think of us as a DSP, if you think of us as just stack it up, maybe you'd be like, Oh, Makes total sense. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what kind of uh, response people will have. Nice. Yeah, see, AJ, I was hoping for a, a marketing stir exclusive product drop, but uh, Vitaly's leaving us on the edge of our seat here. So stay tuned <laughs> for another episode. Stay tuned for the uh, you know the news from Stack Adapt. You got to go out and follow the company. So there's a question I have because uh, interesting. I, I know your backstory, and of course, knowing AJ for a, a long time, I, a lot of parallels between you know Starista, the founders. Really, you you, you and AJ, right? Um, immigrated here from to Canada to the U.S. Well, what's your experience? doing that and then f finding a company in those countries with your experience would love to understand like 
the advantages of that, disadvantages? What What's your perspective on that, Vitaly? Well, I think uh, undeniable. Um, it's it's uh, Canada, United States is one of the best places in the world to be an entrepreneur. And to your point, I didn't really have a lot of experience. And that's what I think maybe is different, uh, something that's really differentiated in in the United States and Canada is that you you can be successful without having tremendous experience or tremendous connections. You you can you can you can sort of become successful and and manufacture that luck through through hard work, right? And th- that's what makes this place so unique. Um, and I would I be as successful if I was to try to build it in some other country? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's some parts about Vitaly Pichersky that helped me become successful, but being part of the system that is so conducive to innovation and entrepreneurship has, has played a tremendous role, which will be really hard to separate from my success within my success. You know, one of the questions we like to ask all of our guests, and this is a fun one, is uh, I'm sure you get a lot of LinkedIn messages that are unsolicited. In fact, most of them probably are. But would love to know what's one that gets your attention, gets you to respond, and what's one that really annoys you? Uh, so I would not say there are any messages that annoy me. I just uh, I just accept that there is just not enough hours in a day to respond to everybody. Um, but the ones that, and those are really infrequent <laughs> and those I almost always respond to. And is, is just when people really put some, some thought into it, I think when people reach out to me and say, Oh, can I take you off for coffee to pick your brain about the industry? I'm just, send me a list of questions and I'll try to respond. <laughs> I just don't have time for coffee. It's talking about industry. Uh, but if it's something that's that's truly insightful, and if somebody clearly has gone out, for example, read my blog and thinks, oh, I have a question about what you've ri- written. And it's actually intelligent, real question, not a bait for me to... But it's an actually intelligent question. You know, I uh, I always try to respond to that because... Those are rare, um, and I think those people deserve, deserve deserve to hear back. So, and you know, I, I try to respond to everybody who makes a thoughtful reach out. You know, if it's a student looking for a co-op job, even if it's a one sentence response, I'll, I'll I'll respond to them. That case, I have to ask you. Uh, uh, this is more of a personal question, since. Uh... You, you seem so relaxed and chill. What, what are some of the things you do in personal life that makes you not annoyed at uh, all these unsolicited messages? What are your hobbies and interests? Well, I'm uh, surprised and humbled that you think I'm relaxed and chill. <laughs> <laughs> at least on this podcast. Yeah, so. you should have seen me in my younger days. That's what he's trying to say, yeah. <laughs> I certainly try to keep it uh, positive, but um, yeah. Um, Relax and chill is uh, <laughs> maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes. Um, well, so so um, I, uh, I I uh, so this summer I did Olympic triathlon, so I trained a lot for that, and now I'm uh, back to heading up on, on my jujitsu training. So so um, uh, so that's uh, that's keeping me pretty busy, and uh, 
And aside from that, just uh, family. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been studying Mandarin uh, for a few years, but that this year I just that it has to take the back seat because it's just not enough hours in a day. That's 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 the name of the game. Unfortunately, right now, uh, as much as much uh, as much as I would love to pursue so many new directions and do so many things, it's just impossible given the the time constraint. An Olympic triathlon and jujitsu does not sound chill. So uh, yeah, I don't know. This is not much chill stuff that Vitaly is doing there. But uh, Vitaly, before we break, and thank you so much for your time. Anything you want to leave people with a closing thought? Anything you've been looking at lately, a technology, a book, anything you want to leave our listeners with? The floor is yours. You know, for me, and like everybody else, probably the topic of AI is is top of mind. So um, that's an area that we actively really heading up on uh, to bring some new paradigms into what people think of how AI can be used in advertising slash marketing technology. So whoever is, is keen to, to speak about that, uh, my LinkedIn is always open. Or, uh, or solicited uh, messages. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you, Vitaly, for spending some time with us. Check out Stack Adapt, ladies and gentlemen. Check out Vitaly. That's Vitaly Bacirski, co-founder, COO of Stack Adapt. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's Mr. AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast from Starista please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.